when I started in this whole open source community thing and like join mailing list or Gitter channels, it was strange environment for me to just see names and not pictures or don't even know if these are real people. And I I want to be reminded that everybody in this channel is real and they are people I can reach out to. And I, I think that's one of the things that that I think a lot about whenever I'm in, in, in this kind of space. And perhaps that's why I, I try to make my bots felt more human. <laughs> that's Mariana Wajaya, maintainer of CPython, Miss Islington, cherrypicker.py, Gidget Hub, and IOLibs. And this is the ReadBing Podcast, a podcast that takes a peek behind the curtain at some of the most impactful open source projects and the developers who make them happen. I'm B. Dougie, a.k.a. Brian Douglas. And I'm Kathy Korvac. Every episode, Kath and I invite a maintainer or open source developer into our studio to explore their work, their story, and where the two meet. In this episode, we speak with Mariata Wajaya, a core developer of Python and the first woman to join the core team. She came to Canada from Indonesia with dreams of becoming a programmer. She discovered the Python community and then her career and involvement in open source just grew. Not only is she an important name in open source circles, namely through her work with humanizing bots, but she's a huge advocate for women in programming and holds that mission very close to her heart. Please join us as we discover how Mariata came to Canada, her introduction to Python, and the email that would change the course of her life. Here, Mariata gives us a peek into her journey from Indonesia to Canada. I've always wanted to, to move, even when I was growing up as a child. It's a strange thing to share to people, but I, I didn't feel like I belong in that place. The, like the kind of moral values or whatever values that was imposed to me there, I didn't agree with. And this is just one piece of it. I don't know what's a good way to say this, but there's difference in how girls are raised. I I know even when I was young, like it seems like all the grown up are just telling the girls you're just meant to marry, but they don't say the same things to the boys. Boys are should go to schools or they have to think about career or finding job, but it's it's not the same thing for girls. It's, it's one of those things, like even as, as a young girl, I, I didn't know how to react to that, but I just know it, it's wrong. It's not the kind of life I wanted to, to live. It's strange, but I, I also grew up watching like Western or American TV shows and life looks different of what's portrayed on the TV. It looks different. That's the kind of life I want to live. So yeah, it's something that I planned for, I've prepared for. I, I learned about Western cultures. I learned I learned language. I learned English. I became fluent even before I finished high school. Like I know when I was 14 or 15, I have finished all the English course that they have offered. <laughs> like there is no more more advanced levels. <laughs> so when I took my own initiatives of, you know, taking the English tests needed to to study in U.S. and Canada, I research on my own, like the different universities to apply to um, and submit my own applications. 
And the, the reason I, I landed at Saskatoon was I applied to a lot of colleges. I think that's the only one that accepted my application. So <laughs> I moved to Canada more than 20 years ago in 2000. I came from Indonesia. Yeah, as soon as I graduated from high school, I came here and stayed around. Um, I came to study computer science. I do have a degree. Yeah, I studied computer science and then I, I got a job and just stayed around. One of the things Mariata is well known for is humanizing bots. While she was working her day job, she was still a contributor and it was through contributing to Koala that she came across automation more frequently, and specifically bots. She wanted to explore ways of improving the overall contributor experience, making it more human. I have used GitHub for work, but we didn't have any automation at all. Everything's manual. When I started to contribute to this project called Koala, uh, it's a volunteer-run open-source project in Python. And because of it's run by volunteers, they invested a lot in automation just to free up time for the maintainers. So when I started contributing to that project, immediately I was greeted by bots. Like I typed hello world and the bot replied with information to me. And I found that exciting. I haven't seen that kind of thing before. They have, they also have GitHub bots to like automatically label things. It, it was just amazing to see that, but I didn't know how they were done. When I started contributing to Python at that time, just in about similar time frame, we had just moved the code base to GitHub and started doing GitHub. Um, pull requests. And at that time, uh, the other maintainer, Brad Cannon, he had lots of ideas on the things that could be automated. And I felt like, okay, this, this is actually interesting to me. That's when I started focusing more on all the tickets that Brad created, like what other things that could be automated. And that's, that's really when I started learning about GitHub APIs and the, the different things that we can automate. When, when I finally created a bot on my own that actually helped the CPython project, this, this bot is called um, Miss Islington. Basically what it does is it backports uh, a commit from the main branch to the, later, to the earlier versions. This whole process used to be done by hand. It took a lot of time and kind of really boring. But when I was able to automate it, the, the rest of core developers really realized, oh my God, this is magical. <laughs> and that's when I really realized, yes, this is magical. Like, why haven't we been automating more? And I think that whole thing, that, that, that whole experience, knowing that there are opportunities here to automate, really got me into it. Like, I, I really started to think more about, you know, why, why aren't we automating this? And even the other day, I was like, I was talking again to Brad Cannon about something else. We want to pull some data out of mailing list. And the first thing I thought, okay, where's the API for this? Like, I didn't even think about just do it, doing it manually. Because it turns out there is no API for the mailing list. Brad's going to do it by hand. <laughs> like, I, I was at the stage where I, I did not think of doing things by hand anymore. Like, 
API is the default thing of doing things to me. So API is my friend. <laughs> the other thing that Marietta is well known for is being the first woman on the core Python team. Her introduction to Python came through her work. The company she was working with started using Python for the development, and it was either learn Python or lose her job. So the latter really wasn't an option. This would prove to open up a whole new world to her. I was working in in a little town in Canadian prairies called Saskatoon, in Saskatchewan. It was a small town, and there wasn't the tech scene wasn't big. At the time, I didn't know anybody else who knows Python except my coworkers. So I learned Python just by just learning from my coworkers who were willing to help and mentor me, but also sometimes through, you know, the online documentation. So for the first few years, like I felt I was isolated in the small community. I didn't really discover the Python community until really when I when I moved to Vancouver in 2014, 2015. So for that first many years, I only know like fellow students or yeah, my coworkers. I found that I've learned so much more at a faster pace. I got exposed to a lot of things which I, I really wouldn't know about if I wasn't in the community. And I found it so valuable. So once I moved to Vancouver, I started attending, I started to get interested in attending meetups. I learned about conferences, like there are conferences about Python. Um, I learned there is PyCon that's going to happen in Montreal at that time. I figured out I wanted, I wanted to go to conference and learn more about this to advance my skills and just my career in general. And it was at that conference, uh, PyCon in Montreal 2015, that I attended Guido van Rossum's keynote. And in there, he, he said something about, well, there is no women at all in Python core developers team. Like he had just, before the keynote, he had just attended Python Language Summit. It was a room of 50 men. Um, and then he said, like he was, committed to mentor, personally mentor two women into contributing to Python, into becoming core developer. At that time, I actually didn't think it's something I would, I could do. <laughs> I heard about it. I thought, of course, I thought, well, this, how, how could it be possible? There's no women at all, right? I actually saw a lot of women there and there was a pilot this lunch at PyCon, and it was a room of like 100 women. It, it just doesn't make sense, these two things. There are women in the community. How come we're not in the core team? But that specific year, I just thought, well, it's a problem, but it's not my problem. <laughs> i like, well, it's Python's problem. They got to figure it out, right? But the, the year after, I came back to the conference, to the same conference, and I was kind of hoping to hear about, well, who are the new female core developers, right? But instead, Guido came back to the stage and still said, there are still no women. I think at that time, that's where it really hit me. Like, gosh, <laughs> this is a problem that I, I care about. 
this is not right. And from then on, I I realized that I I really care about this thing and I want to do something about it. Um, I didn't want to just, you know, point fingers or just say, hey, you, you got to fix this, but I want to know what what can I do to to help. And then I, I wrote an email to Guido van Rossum. <laughs> it was, I'll admit, I was in a hotel room and I was like very nervous writing this. <laughs> and I, I thought for a long time before I actually click send. That's how it started. And I felt, even now I felt lucky that he replied. Um, he replied and we, we started from there. Like the conversation continues. Reaching out to Guido, the creator of Python, was pivotal for Mariata because not only did it immerse her more into the Python universe, but it fueled a passion she herself did not even realize she had, the power of community and specifically the support of women within that community. A few things happened at that conference. Before attending PyCon, I had no idea about this whole community thing. But at the same time, even when I first attended the conference, they showed me what it meant. The the Python community showed to me what it meant to be inclusive. They went out of their way to provide support, things like financial aid. I also see at that time a lot of women speaking on stage, which for some reason I didn't expect that. Like I, I found it amazing and I shouldn't felt amazing. It should be normal. But at that time, I was really impressed with that. This was 2015. And when I saw other women on the stage, it gave me this inspiration. Like, hey, I, it feels like this is something, maybe one day I could do this too. Like maybe one day I could give a talk as well at conference, that feeling of feeling inspired that as women, we can do this. I think it helped me realize that there is still a lot of work to be done here. I I reflected on my own experience being a woman, being immigrant, even though I've been here in for years, I realized that there's, there's not a lot of people who look like me in this field in Canada. Um, and I, I realize it's it's important. And it's sometimes the fact that I haven't seen a lot of role model people like me in this in the space, it it kind of how do I say this? It held me back somehow. It like it made me believe that these are things that I could ever do. Like I did, just when I heard Guido's keynote the first time, I didn't felt inspired to think that I could do this. Like it wasn't the instinct that came to me. The first thing that I told to myself, this is not something you could do. Like it's just my life experience that taught me to react that way. And I realized I know for sure I'm not the only one who was held back like this because of the lack of role models. So I, I really wanted to, to see those change. And I want to, how do I say this? I realized 
if I want things to change, I I gotta start doing something about it. Like I cannot wait or rely on somebody else to fight for me. Like it's something I have to start doing myself. So I I think that's that's the realization that I had at that time, and that still continues to motivate me to doing this because it's it's still we're still not done. Ultimately, Mariana has a mission. Make everyone feel welcome to contribute by letting them know that they could do lots of things. They don't have to only contribute through code. I'll, I'll be honest, the core Python team is, is huge. And I know a lot of people are really focusing on the, the language development itself. I've been focusing just on the workflow, um, developers' experience, I, the documentation, the developer guide even. It's, it's something I care a lot about and I I realize it's it's one of the things that I considered a barrier in the initial contributing experience like when I first started I didn't immediately feel like I'm welcome or allowed to join like I always started feeling like well I'm just I'm just a lurker here um, there's nothing I could really contribute. And to be honest, I've, I've spoken to several, you know, people within the community who hasn't contributed to projects yet. And that's the same feeling that they share. Like they, they felt afraid or nervous. Like, what if people going to laugh at my message or my PR or whatever? And that's, I felt like as a maintainer, that's something we can, we can do. To improve, that's an experience we can help with. When somebody new who came to the Python, specifically to Core Python team, and said, "I want to start contributing to open source or to Python," the first thing they ask is like, "What issues? What open issues can I work on that I can make pull requests against?" And I always tell them. There are a lot of other ways than just writing code. In my own experience, like a lot of times, the issue that I can actually help with haven't been raised yet. Like sometimes it's just about watching the project, understanding the issues that comes in. Sometimes maintainers do have do want help in even just triaging the issues. Like we need help of people who can verify whether this issue is valid or even just share their input. Is this really problematic? We need all kinds of help, not just code. The importance of realizing the variety of ways that one can contribute, ways that go beyond code is key. Mariata found herself returning to bots and automation. The bots that Mariata writes are very, very different from pop culture's idea of what bots are. And I wondered about Mariata's approach to automation and building bots. I really do think bots and automations are crucial. You need this, especially if you're not getting paid to do it. You can just write a bot. Maybe you pay some web hosting to host your bot. Um, it saves you time. And I think I, I do try to make sure my bots, the messages that my bots write are 
positive. Um, and I, I do hope people take notice and they will follow suit or whatever. <laughs> For simple example, like I have a bot that remind Vancouver organizers that we have about our upcoming meetup. And I would always include, even though it's an automated message, I would always include, thanks for your work. You know, instead of just, remember we have a meetup tomorrow, this is our checklist. There's still the thank you in the end. I felt that's important to say, even though it's automated. Like, as a reader, it when I read that message that I wrote myself, it reminds me that, you know, it's not just it's worthwhile to do like i it helps it helps improve my mood of the day if, if i could say that i do like it that you are really paying attention to the to the language that your bot is um for the responses the, the language and the responses that your bot is is telling to people and i'm i'm wondering like why did you start doing that why did you start paying so such close attention to that kind of thing I think it's it's related to somebody's comment about like well it's getting a thanks from a bot is not the same as getting a thanks from a real person. And this this was when I had an idea like I want to automatically say thanks to pull requests, you know. And somebody said it's not the same, but it's it's better than nothing at all. As humans, sometimes I forgot to say thanks. I just merge it and done, right? I think it's still better than not doing it, better than not automating it. And because they said it, it felt impersonal, I, I do try to make it more personal. Yeah, thinking outside the box. And the other thing is the, the fact of going back to the, the bot talk, um, like, Humanizing you as a speaker, you as a contributor, folks can really like understand that Marietta is just a normal person that needs to sort of unwind after a talk, and this is how she does this. And I think we all have our own sort of quirks and how we approach uh, open source and programming, and that we're we behind the code. We are humans, uh, and it's always nice to remember that too, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking about that, it's just my first impression when I when I started in this whole open source community thing and like join mailing list or Gitter channels it was strange environment for me to just see names and not pictures or don't even know if these are real people and I I think somehow something inside me just I want them to know that or I want to be reminded that Everybody in this channel is real and people I can talk to and they're not like, you know, on the pedestal somewhere. Like they are people I can reach out to. And I, I think that's one of the things that I think a lot about whenever I'm in, in this kind of space. And perhaps that's why I try to make my bots felt more human. <laughs> From humanizing bots to building community, Mariata is an explorer and she's always seeing what else she can do with her career and her contributions to open source. I wondered with all the communities she has built, contributed to, and been a part of, where does she feel she belongs? Being an immigrant, I, I know from beginning the time I land, I know I don't belong here. Like, 
I'm new to the country. I, I like even the first day I arrived, people are asking me like, "Where are you from?" They know just by looking. I'm not one of them. But the Python community, even when I, I needed the financial aid, when I asked for a mentor to help me with my open source journey, or I needed a mentor to start my public speaking journey. I never felt like I don't belong. Like they went out of their way to say, yes, we'll help you. I didn't need to provide proof or anything. Like I didn't need to provide, yes, I don't, I really don't have the money for this or whatever. They just accepted and included me like that. This is something I realized later on. Like I realized I found acceptance and sense of belonging here, even though I wasn't, I wasn't looking for acceptance. I just, I wanted to do something. But I, I found acceptance and it, I realized it's, it's important to me. So I, I, that's why I've continued. Even honestly, <laughs> talking about being immigrant, yes, it did took me a many years for me to feel comfortable saying, yes, I'm, I'm Canadian. I've been here for 20 years. I'm Canadian now. <laughs> like, but in the first many years, I know I couldn't say that. Like, I know I'm new. Like, I guess that's the kind of mindset that I've, maybe I've imposed it on myself, telling that I don't belong here. And over the years, I've slowly changing my my own perspective and just telling myself differently that I belong here. I found a sense of belonging. Canada is my home now. Yeah, it's a, it, your, your story about just going against the grain, social norms, and uh, eventually now accepting the fact that you're Canadian because you've been there for 20 years, like it's a testament of folks that you do belong here. You do belong in open source. You do belong in the Python community. Uh, like you, Mariana, belong here, and everybody listening, like you belong here. And I think that's like even as myself, like I, I grew up in the, the the country I live in, uh, but there's some times where I just don't feel like this is the place I want to be. Uh, I'm here, and I do belong here as well. Um, but with that being said, like I'm curious, like what advice do you have to folks who might not be involved in open source, who might not be, who might be an immigrant, who might be sort of finding their own, own way? Like what sort of like advice can you give them to sort of tell them that they belong here, but also that they can, get, they can get involved? I would say you can do this. You belong. I know when I wrote that email to Guido van Rossum, I somehow there was a voice in my head that said, who are you? Who are you to want to do this? But you deserve, you do deserve it. You deserve help. There's no shame in asking help. That's how you, you can grow, by getting nobody's on the top all by themselves without help. There's a lot of people willing to help. Maybe not everybody. And that's, that's the thing. Like You need to find a community who would be able to help you find the right community. And sometimes it, it takes tries. And it's okay if, if you fail, you can try it again. Like just, you can learn from mistakes and do it differently next time. And I'm, I'm sure 
it might not an instant success to you right away, but that's that's life. Like, well, that maybe that's not a good thing to say. Um, it will it will take time, <laughs> but I'm sure you you can do it. Yeah, I think what you're saying is like keep going and keep even if you even if you fail, it's. And that's not a predictor of your success in the future. And I, I love that about open source too, is that you can you can keep going and you can find new people all the time that are willing to help you. There are plenty of ways. Yeah, there, there's a mentor of mine uh, growing up that used to say, uh, most of us are like the rest of us. And uh, I think there's a lot of similarities in your story that we can sort of pull out and, and see in ourselves. I'm proud to where I am now. I have a job I have a family and it's a simple, sounds something that's so basic. <laughs> But I know I've, I've worked hard to get to this, to this stage of my life. I'm proud of surviving all of this <laughs> and continuing on. I think one specific moment was when I was on stage to receive the Python Community Service Award. And um, Eva, so we, we all, all the recipients went on stage and Eva started one by one, like what are our contributions? And as I, as I heard what Eva said, I was like, in my head, like, did I, did I do that? <laughs> Is that really me? <laughs> like, and again, I, 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 I had to tell myself like, yes, I, I did all of that. And I, I need to take credit for it and be proud of it. Yeah. So the, so that award is still something I I have it within my arms already. Like I you can you all can't see it well. I I have it on my desk. I look at it whenever I felt that imposter syndrome coming and looking at it reminded me that no, it's it's not imposter syndrome. I I deserve this. I've done a lot of hard work for this. Yeah, I think that's great. I think a lot of people are going to identify with what you're saying. And I just want to thank you so much for kind of going there and sharing things about your history and your story that I think yeah. a lot of people are just going to find very inspirational. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I really appreciate this opportunity. So good to have Marietta Wajaya on the Rebe podcast. To learn more about Marietta and her work on Python, you can check her feature on the README project, GitHub's ongoing effort to amplify voices of open source software at github.com slash README. I'm Brian Douglas, and I'm a developer advocate here at GitHub. And I'm Kathy Korvec. I work in product at GitHub. The README podcast is a GitHub podcast that dives into the challenges our guests faced and how they overcame those hurdles. In sharing these stories, we hope to provide a spotlight on what you don't always see in the lines of code and what it took to build the technology that inspires us all. It's been really great spending time with you. The Readme podcast is part of the Readme project at GitHub, a space that amplifies the voices of the developer community, the maintainers, the leaders, and the teams whose contributions move the world forward every day. Visit github.com slash readme to learn more. Our theme music has been produced on GitHub by Dan Gorelick, with title cycles, additional music from Ray Royale, and Blue Dot Sessions. The Readme podcast is produced by SoundMade Public for GitHub. Please subscribe, share, and follow GitHub on Twitter for updates on the podcast and all things GitHub. Thanks for listening. <laughs>